Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiacos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiacos, I said, you're a crazy good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is up, everyone? Another edition of Gate 7 International. First win for Olympiacos in over a month in quite dramatic fashion. But a win is a win, and we're going to take it. It is a gross and rainy day today. It was a little overcast, but the rain finally came here in Baltimore. Gosta, how's the weather holding up over there, my friend? Uh, it's fine. It's, it's, it is a bit chilly, which I like. Uh, I am the least Greek person you have ever met. I prefer the cold over the heat. So I am a very, very happy person today. Not me. That's my brother. He loves cold weather. I can't stand it. Winter comes. I wanted to leave. No snow. That's fine by me. Anyway, boys and girls, if you haven't done so already, join the Red and White mission at Gate 7 International. Help us make this the largest community, not just for Olympiacos, but for all Greek sports and international sports. Olympiacos is a European team. This is a team that is meant to be in European competition, and we need to gather the diaspora together to make it the fan base that Olympiacos deserves. Now we have some announcements, boys and girls. You guys saw earlier on social media, we have a mystery guest. Some of you guessed correctly who that mystery guest was based on the picture. I think that picture probably made it too easy. Gonna have to talk to Costa about that one. Made it very easy. Luciano, Luciano de Souza is going to be coming on the show tomorrow. That is going to be at 23.30 Greek time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, it's 20. Here, I can double check on that. Uh, it will be a live interview. And for our non-Greek listeners, that interview will be in Greek. We will, like we did for the Nikopolivis interview, be translating and getting subtitles out later. But we will definitely be doing uh, subtitles and translation for that. But it will be a Greek interview. It will be an interview done in Greek. So for all of our listeners that do understand Greek and speak Greek, we hope you enjoy that. We're really excited to be talking to Luciano he did some wonderful things for Libyakos in his time here. Some of you remember. Some people in the comments talked about some of the set pieces from him they remembered. A wonderful player. And he's also a player that has played for quite a few teams in the Greek League. Has a lot of insight into Greece. And he currently manages, uh, the, he currently manages the youth over at Panetolikos. So a lot of great insight that we're hoping to get from him. Costa, uh, I hope you're excited for that one as well. I'm very excited. Luciano de Souza is one of my all-time favorite Olympiacos players. Um, amazing performances. Uh, I remember the the trio of Brazilians that was created at Olympiacos between Zé, Elias, Giovanni, and Luciano. Very close, those three. And who can ever forget that incredible goal against Panathinaikos? Uh, definitely, a in my opinion, he's a legend. Some very important questions I would like to ask him, but unfortunately, I can't make the show tomorrow. I can't wait. Can't wait to listen to it. Absolutely. And guys, uh, just confirming, it is 22.30 Greek time that that interview will be taking place. So that's 22.30 Greek, 
2130 Central Time, and that will be 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for all of our East Coast listeners. Uh, for those of you that don't know your time zone or that know what time zone you're in but don't know what time that is for you, DM us and we'll let you know when that is. And then on Tuesday, we do have a basketball special. Guys, it has been a crazy series of events for Libyakos into game five with Monaco. The basketball team is... I mean, Monaco's a tough cookie. I don't know anything about basketball. Costa and Lambro are going to get into that with um, with Manolo and the guys over at Red Point Guard. So check into that because the basketball team is doing really great things, things that we wish our football team was doing. And I've even watched a few games myself. I've watched more basketball this year than I have in my whole life. And that's all on Lubiakos for doing that. So check that out, guys. We have a lot of fun stuff coming up this week, especially tomorrow and Tuesday. you got three days of Gate 7 International, baby. I know you guys love it. And some of you want more, but we'll try and give you as much as we can. <laughs> now, post-match with Basianina, it was a tough... Look, we need to say first and foremost, uh, I know there's already some people that were... that are. Uh, negative sub <laughs> Dionysius Yurgas here. I didn't even bother watching today. A uh, lot of a lot of negativity, but uh, first and foremost, we do have to say um, that Yanina is a tough cookie. They've been a tough cookie for all teams, not just the Libyakos. Uh, that being said, uh, very disappointing. Our first round against them in the playoffs when we played them at Zosimadas. And we didn't play very well and didn't draw. This game, the setup of the team was a little bit more positive. We actually saw Carvalho playing as a number 10 instead of on the wing. Uh, we had Masuras and Gary Rodriguez and a double pivot of Bukhalakis and Jan and Vila. Now, the second that lineup was put out and everyone saw the center mid pairing of Bukhalakis, Jan and Vila, all the jokes of the slow midfield were popping out all over the place, but it was what it was. And then, of course, we had a little bit of a surprise in the defense. Um, not so much in the right back because Kenny Lala, um, as it was reported, is been it has been told he has no place on the team. So Marios Vrusai got the start. And our center back pairing, resulting from some disciplinary things that we'll get into later uh, with Pape Abu Sisse, was replaced by Usain Uba, and he partnered uh, Socrates. Then, of course, you had the usual suspect, Oleg, on the left. The game, when the game started, for me, the first, even though it was pretty open, I mean, we had some really good opportunities early. We got the goal, of course, from Youssef El Arabi in the seventh minute. Uh, the first 15 minutes in terms of the possession was, was quite even. Uh, then after that first 15 minutes, it started to skew much more heavily in our favor. Um, we were dominating possession. We were getting the majority of chances, but kudos to Basiana. They were remarkably efficient with the few opportunities they had. They only had six opportunities, guys. They only got manufactured six opportunities in terms of shots, and every single one of them made it on target. They got two goals out of it. That's pretty remarkable finishing on, on them versus us over 20 opportunities. And we could only put a 23 in total. That's correct. Yes. And 
three goals still. Excuse me. Well, was, yeah. Actually, yes, you're right. That's right. It was 24 in the end. And we could only really manufacture really solid chances out of a few of them. I'm going to take the good with the bad in that respect, especially in the first half, because at least we were manufacturing passes. I know a lot of people were upset in general, but there were more, there were some positives to take away from this game because in other games, we could barely get the ball in front of net. And this game, we actually made some opportunities. We couldn't finish a lot of those opportunities, but a lot of them were there. Uh, the right side of our field today, I thought played very well between Rusai and Gary Rodriguez. I thought that they did quite well. Great movement. Gary Rodriguez in particular. Um, I'm not sure why I didn't see him get credit for the assist on the first goal for Youssef Al-Arabi, but um, uh, I thought that he was the last person to, to touch the ball for Youssef Al-Arabi uh, when he got the header inside. I could be wrong on that, but um, I have to double check that uh, on the replay. But then, of course, he gets himself a goal after a very nice through ball from Yorgos Masuras in the first half. And then uh, Costa, as you had brought up before, some of the weaker mentality of the team kind of caught up with us. And we ended up leaking a goal right at the end. And that goal resulted from a comedy of errors. It starts with in the midfield. Uh, the Yanina player has the ball in the midfield towards our right side. And one of our midfielders steps up and Mario's Vrusai makes a huge mistake, leaving his man alone on the wing on the end line by himself and comes to take the ball in a double team from him. Now, of course, double team is unsuccessful. Ball gets played down the wing. Socrates Papastathopoulos then has to make a tough decision. He has to decide whether to stay with his man, Perea, or go for the ball. Now, I've seen a lot of people commenting on this on social media with uh, blaming Socrates. But I'm going to tell you guys, in that situation, in every situation I have ever had, where you have a fast break on a counter or a fast break against you like that, and your center, your center backs are now being split apart because your wing back got caught forward or messed up, whatever. Every situation I have been in or every situation I have seen, both when I was playing on the Olympic development program, regionals, didn't matter. Socrati made the right decision. The judgment call he made to go for the ball was correct because Usainu Ba is supposed to cover on the Berea for him. Now, he didn't do it. Berea gets the ball and takes a lovely shot, we have to say, upper 90 corner. I mean, perfect. No way was Vachlik getting to that. But that goal, primarily the fault of that was Mario's Vrusai. He made the first bad decision, which opened things up down that left wing and then led to the opportunity at large. I don't blame Socrates for that. Socrates made the judgment call that most coaches and defense coaches will tell you to make in that situation. Usain Uba is supposed to be covering him for that. And then once they get that goal... I then start to worry because 2 nothing going into halftime, crap. Even if we had gotten the third goal where Youssef Al-Arabi was actually off sides from a gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous little uh, piece of ingenuity from Carvalho, I mean, it's 
we would have been way ahead. And I think the players thought that too. That laxness then led us to bleed a couple of other goals. That's my take on the whole thing. Gosta, I don't know how you see that. No, I mean, uh, I was thinking the other day how um, the golden year of Pedro Martins, the 2019-2020 season, you would see Olympiacos, how the team plays, and you would just put them against anyone. You would say, you know what, I'm going to put them against anyone, and I actually I'm giving them a very good chance of getting a, getting a result. You would see them against Bayern, and they would lose both legs, but they would take, they would take them to the limit. Um, they eliminated Arsenal. I honestly believe if coronavirus never happened, the Wolves would have been eliminated. And Or, you know, if the second game had happened a lot earlier and then they went to the final eight, then there could have been a surprise there in the final eight where it was all, you know, one-legged games. Whereas now you look at what Pedro Martins has and you just don't trust him to get a result against anyone. Uh, you you talked about how Pazianin are a tough cookie. Well, they're the easiest team of the playoffs, you know. You shouldn't be struggling like that against them. And Olympiacos almost did a Panathinaikos with them in the sense that they failed to beat them once in the playoffs. Uh, Aik are currently drawn 1-1 with uh, Pauk at Tuba. There's 10 more minutes to go. Plenty of time for Pauk to score or get a penalty. Uh, so if if Pauk don't win, then that's plus 13 for Olympiacos. But still, it's just... It means nothing. Those numbers mean nothing because you cannot trust Olympiacos to do anything until the end of the season. You look at everyone else, and I, I can see every last team getting a result against Olympiacos. Pasiannin are done for the playoffs, but everyone else can get something out of this Olympiacos side. It's such a, it just there's a lot of good players in this team, but there seems like there's no unity in the sense that no chemistry. That's a better word. I feel like all the players are playing as if they understand they can't play with each other, but they have to. And uh, I don't know. It kind of feels to me like the players want the season to end. They're just counting backwards like we did in the army when, you know, we were in our last month. And they're just, they're just letting t- good old time do its thing and just do their best. There's just nothing there. No beginning, no middle, no ending. I've said that so many times. Uh, there's absolutely no sense that Pedro Martins is leaving the team. And I feel like it would have been the same if Olympiacos didn't beat Pasianina tonight. So I am very worried. I'm probably jumping the gun here tonight, but I'm very worried about the future. And that's why I'm not going to go into detail because I feel like you have a lot to say about the future as well. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say I told you so, but I did. I, I told Lambro Costa, Costa, si Costa, the same thing. I did. I told him, I don't think it matters if he loses the cup or not. He's still here. And lo and behold, we lose the cup in terrible fashion, and he's still here. Shit, we almost just dropped points to Pasyanina. If not for if not for Roni Lopez magic in the dying, dying minutes, dying seconds of the game. If I may, I'm sorry that I'm interrupting you with this, but I had been thinking that you keep Pedro Martins until the end of the season. But then I look at Burnley, who let go of Sean Dyche, who had been on the helm for years and years, and he built the entire team, and they sacked him because Burnley looked like they were heading for relegation. And when they sacked him, we all thought, that's it for Burnley. They're going. They're going with Watford, and they're going with with Norwich. But now the interim manager, Mike Jackson, his name is actually Michael Jackson, he's undefeated. Four games... Three wins, one draw, not a single loss. He could actually do it. He's steadying the ship like a champ. 
He beat Southampton. He beat Wolves. He beat Watford. He only drew with West Ham. And West Ham are also looking for victories. So I was thinking that, you know what? If Pedro Matiz hadn't beaten Pazian, I would, be, I would have been very much in favor of a Mike Jackson type of thing. Just bring someone in to steady right. the ship and just lead them to the league. That's it. Just win the league. That's all you got to do. Because with Pedro Martins, it just... I mean, if Pauk screw up again tonight, I could see them winning. But plus 11, it's not good. Because if Pauk win twice, that takes his, that takes it to plus 5. And like I, like I said, I can see everyone getting something out of Olympiacos with Pedro yeah. Martins at the helm. It seems so fragile. So fragile under Martins. Whereas with someone else who can do one or two or three things from those, get one or two, three things out of those players, like Mike Jackson did at Burnley, at least you win the league and, you know, you start thinking about preseason. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And guys, we're going to, we, we're going to have a little discussion about Roni too later. Once we, once we get through some of the post-match analysis, but I did want to touch on, uh, there's a lot of comments coming in. Um, uh, some that we missed, especially when the episode just started. So I want to get through a couple, um, uh, first, I want to thank uh, thank the guy Smios. Yes, as magas monolibiakos as parometo protathnima ketovriskome olatala. Cheers from Swiss Club. Smios, thank you for checking in, buddy. Lambro loves hanging out with the boys from Swiss <laughs> Club. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a couple of other ones. Uh, so from Aguilos Guts, uh, Aguilo, thank you actually for reminding me because I forgot to talk about this. Solis scored a brace today, and that's the best I'll keep from today's matches from both Olympiacos teams. 3-2 in both matches. What a coincidence. I'm going to touch on Solis because that's going to go into our discussion about Roni Lopez later. So hold on to that thought. Uh, there were also some questions here. Ahura Mazda, I heard Lala was injured. He was actually injured. That is true. Uh, but you probably saw it on our social as well. And it's been reported in Greek news. Kenny Lala was told that he's not in the plans for next year. And that spurred this discussion on that. Now we need two fullbacks. We need two right backs. Uh, or maybe a really good one and or, shy on the as number two. Exactly. Exactly. So th this is why we, why we discuss this. Uh, I also want to give some kudos right here to Kevin Milaras. Guys, have you seen what Martin's interviews lately? Man has lost his mind. I, My friend, I don't know how you have the capacity to sit and watch them. I know Lambro does. I don't. I, I This season especially, I have not been a huge fan of some of the responses because I felt like for the first three seasons, when stuff went wrong, he internalized that and did a better job of saying, no, we did this wrong. I expected better. We did this. To this season, I've seen a lot of him blaming referees, the pitch here and there. A lot of stuff I I I I always get upset with with other teams' coaches. Small that's I see that as a little bit small-minded uh and weak mentality. And I don't like seeing that. He's actually taken responsibility for the for the last two hiccups against Panathinaikos and that's Pau. yes, that's true. I'm talking about season long though. If we season look at long. like early like in the first half of the season when we started playing like crap and it was a it was a it was a, a like a routine, it was a pattern of crap and we were getting those excuses. That's what I'm talking about. But no, yeah. he actually did come out the last couple games and that was on him. And I did respect that. Um but yes, uh in the Onis or sorry, Dionisi. Kevin, yes, thank you for checking that in. Um and then we have one other from Dionisis Yurgas. Do you guys know about the Cisse situation? I think he's referring to the disciplinary situation. And yes, so basically 
Um, and I know you guys talked about it on the last episode, uh, or at least Augusta had talked about it. You could see Martin screaming at Cisse on the field. Um, so something there, also something in the locker room. Um, there were a couple things, one that we didn't, but on the field, we had discussed that you could see Martins really gesturing and seemed like he was yelling over at CSA for something. Um, yeah, there, there just seems to be disciplinary issues all over the place with Libyakos. Uh, there's also a very interesting thing here put by Kevin, uh, guys, Madi uploaded a ridiculous post on Instagram and after 20 minutes of swearing, he deleted it. I actually got a DM from somebody about that too. I didn't see it, but a lot of unfortunate things and things that speak to any uh, speak to what, what's been going on because we never saw any of this for three years. And it just kind of tells me that there's players that are upset, whether it's at the, at Martins at their situation, their career, whatever players are upset. It's showing on the field on their play and it's now leaking into their personal lives too. It's just a really bad situation and it's very toxic. Gosta, what do you make about that? No, I mean, we've touched on this many, many times. Uh, there are a lot of talented young players who joined Olympiacos and stayed way too long, mainly due to the coronavirus pandemic, like Madi Kamara, Pape Abusise, Hussein Uba. Uh, th those are the players that come, uh, that come to mind initially. And they won out, in my opinion, some of them more than others. I like. I think we all know that Madi Kamara wants to leave. Uh, Olympiacos, he wanted to leave earlier. It didn't happen. So I feel that that comes across, so, and that shows on the pitch, because now I feel like they've done everything they could with Olympiacos. They've gone as far as they could with Europe, they feel. They've won everything there is in Greece with Olympiacos. They just want to go. I'm not too sure where Pedro Martin's head is, but he did sign a new contract. Uh, and we touched on this. Like, we don't know how good Pedro Martins is with man management. Uh, we mentioned before the match against Pauk how important it was for Pedro Martins to mention all the crap Lucescu was talking about Olympiacos. Like, you start with that. That's literally what you start with before this derby. Hey, you, read what he said about you. Read how he called you a cheat. Read how, you, how he says you don't deserve it. Who wants to go out there and shove it up his ass? Like, and it's because of that that I don't expect to see any reaction in Tuba against Pauk in the next game. I don't expect him to go out and say, listen, we're going to shove it up their asses. We're going to show, show them who's boss. We're going to show them that the, the whole thing was a fluke. Ah, nah, nah. I think it's just going to be pretty much the same thing, really. Could, Olympiacos could even lose the park for the first time uh, this season. But yeah, there's a very serious problem with the squad. Uh, I have heard rumors that there's going to be another big clear, significant clear out. Uh, the thing is, the, the squad is just so big, and I'm not too sure what the role next season is going to be for players like Fatiga, Dabo, Keita. I'm not too sure what's going to happen with the low knees because Pepe is doing such a fantastic job. Bradzelovic is doing a fantastic job. There's also a 1,000-pound elephant in the squad called Ruben Semedo, which we have no idea how the hell that situation is going to be handled. Uh, there's players Olympiacos want to sell like Kenny Lalano, Henry Onyekura. I don't know how that's gonna, what's, what's going to happen there. It's going to be a very busy and hot summer for Olympiacos in that department. But surely this squad is going to go for a major change one way or another. You're, you're absolutely right, Costa. Now, I want to 
bring it back because we did go off on a little tangent there. I want to bring it back to the post-match discussion. Before we went off on that, we were kind of talking about what happened in the first half. Uh, you know, despite us dominating possession, as we expect Alibiakos should be doing, we go into the half two to one, a little bit scary. We open up the second half. Things start to get a little bit dicey. Um, and unfortunately, on another bit of a break and a cross, uh, Oleg collides with Socrates Papastathopoulos's mark on the cross. And Oleg then leaves his man wide open after colliding with him. And that individual, uh, I, I believe it's Schenker. I might be getting the name incorrectly, but he ends up getting a header off the court. Schneider, sorry, Schenker. Schneider. He That's ends up getting yeah, he ends up getting the header pretty much free and open, unmarked, uh, because of Oleg falling in the collision and scores the goal, making it two two. Uh now before that, before the before the second goal from Yanina. Um, Olibiakos had only made at that point two changes. The first change was pulling off Adres Bukhalakis, who had just gotten a yellow card, and replacing him with Mari Kamara. Then, right before the goal, right before the uh, or a few minutes before Pasianina's goal, there is a big change that occurs that was really surprising to all of us. First of all, we were surprised to see him in the team sheet. But Yorgos Masuras, who I, besides having the assist for Gary Rodriguez's goal in the first half, didn't really do much for me today. I did not think he did well. I did not see him opening up, making a lot of those runs. I was disappointed with him today. He gets subbed off for Roni Lopez. And before we go on about Roni Lopez saving not just Libyakos's ass, but saving Martin's ass, there's a big question about that substitution. And not just the substitution, but the inclusion of his name on the team sheet. If he is not a part of this team, right? He's alone, and we've already heard before that he doesn't have, you know, they, Martins wanted to focus on players that were staying, not loan players that we were never going to buy out. Okay, forget the context that makes that statement a little bit absurd. But let's say that is the case, okay? Why are you going to play him today? And 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 then and then not play guys against Basyanina of all teams that are hungry to play young guys, guys like Vasily Solis, maybe even Pinakas. You're so you're gonna you're gonna take time away from some of these other guys, and you're gonna play guys like Roni Lopez. Now, for the record, and we're going to get into this in a second, I still believe Roni Lopez was very – I think that was a mistake. I think Roni Lopez's exclusion from the team, especially when he was just hitting stride, and after Hernani Gomez, Olympiacos' nutritionist, put all the time in to get him to shed that weight and to get him back into, like, football shape, we then exclude him. I, I, for me, I think Roni Lopez has been mistreated. And in now for Aleferios Machini. Sorry, guys, for the interruption. Balk Ike 1-1 at the end. Balk finds another way to drop points. Good for us. Now we've all but secured the title at this point. It's still not a done deal. It's 13 points, and I think that if Olympiacos win the next one, next they probably one. seal it. 
Because exactly. that's maybe 16 points. Exactly. So that should – and there's five more games Pauk have. Exactly. So, um, yeah, we, that's I, it. If they drop points in one more and we and we win or something, it's uh, it should be it. But anyway, we'll get into that later. But <clears> my <throat> – but, but do you understand the point that I'm making here, Costa? And and again, I believe that Roni has been mistreated this this season in respect to what has happened. And then not maybe not even just mistreated, but the decision was just a wa- it's a waste of resources. We put the time in to get him fit, match fit, football fit. He starts playing really well for us. You guys saw the stats that we put up before about the the expected goal contribution, the goal contributions per 90 minutes. Rony Lopez was is one of our top producers still. And we just ostracize him from the team. And and even if that even if that were the right decision. Let's say let's just say that it was the right decision, okay? Why are we then playing him against the weakest team in the playoffs and not promoting somebody else somebody that actually at least wants to be here it the this this decision making doesn't make sense to me and i think that this is a mistake from pedro martins now again i'm going to preface this by saying i'm super thankful for ronnie lopez for saving our ass and scoring that goal but to me it just speaks to the maybe not to the lack of ideology but to to martins's mindset You've written this guy off. You said he's not a part of the. You didn't want to. You're not playing him because he's not a part of the team. We're not accepting the loan. But then you go ahead and play him in this game instead of playing guys that we that have a future with Olympiacos that we want to see more. What well, What do you make of this? Well, a lot of managers have an ego. A lot of managers. I'm not saying Pedro Martins has because I'm not sure if he has. But there's a lot of managers who have an ego. Uh, managers who insist on their ideas, insist on their mentality, insist on their philosophy. Uh, And they insist up to a point where they refuse to make a change, even doesn't matter how much, how obvious that change is, how they, how much they even agree that this change is needed. They won't do it because they want to come. They want to rise to the top themselves. They want to come out and say, I told you so to everyone. Some of them don't make the necessary change because they don't want to hear the fans, the media, other players, whoever, telling them, I told you so. See, I told you so. All you had to do was just put this player over there and remove that guy. And they insist on their own little philosophy. I think Pedro Martins has his own philosophy, but I'm I'm still struggling to figure it out. I one of, the, one of the things I've noticed about this team is that it has no identity in the way it plays. I'm, I still don't understand if the, this season was all about 3-4-3, 4-2-3-1. 4-3-3. There were so many players in this team, uh, and we would see quite a few of them starting sometimes. Other others would stay, would be on the bench. I think the only the only player we saw the most in the starting lineup was Thomas Vatslik. The most uh, always the best bet of who's going to be on the on the on the starting lineup was Thomas Vatslik. There's it's this season has been such it's it's been the kind of season that you don't want to think of, but you have to think about it because. Olympiacos are starting the next season so, so so early and there's no way the next season is going to be as this one. The next season is either going to be better or it's going to be so much worse. It's one of those two. There's no way Olympiacos can play such horrible football next season and make it to the Europa League playoffs and win the title with 13 points ahead of second place. Either they're going to improve and they're going to be better or they're going to, rem- or they're going to remain the same or become even worse and the season is going to be 
so much more horrific. Uh, I do not even want to. I don't want to imagine that. I don't imagine how. No, I mean, I guess it's it so could get fun. worse. You're always right. Well, sometimes people say it can't get any worse, but it can. There is worse. Beznikazi. Like, There's Beznikazi worse. This this season stinks of Maccabi Tel Aviv. It stinks of oh. Hapoel Berseva. It stinks of Olympiacos drawing some bullshit team from a book from from a farmers league and being eliminated. This this season stinks of Europa Conference League blunder, not even making it there. And Besnik yeah. Hasi made it to the Champions League. That was the worst team Olympiacos have had in twenty since the Petr Nachronia stone years, however you call it in English, the dark days. Yes, and they still made the Champions League under Besnik Hasi. This that, thing stinks. This guys, this is like Olympiacos need to make changes immediately, immediately. This is not funny. Immediately. You're right. And then there's another, there's also another player that all, never even saw the field. And I was surprised because I thought, I thought for sure that when Carvalho eventually did come off and that player would then come on. And that is in a comment from our good friend, Lakis Gavalas. Roni Lopez needs to have the whole team built around him to succeed. He belongs to another decade with Fortunis. Uh, and before I talk on Fortunis, I understand Lakis Gavala's point of view point of view here because the traditional 10, the way that it used to be played, it's it's been phased out. And players that would have occupied that mold are not uh, they have to be a little bit more diverse now. They have to be able to play a little bit wider, they have to, or deeper. So I understand what he's saying. I disagree with that in in some ways, but I understand what he's saying. But Gostas Fortunis did not get onto the field today. And I thought for sure if there was anybody you were going to bring on the field today to, to make a little creativity, then he should have been on there, especially if you're taking off a guy like Carvalho. Now, you could say that, listen, we were manufacturing opportunities. We just needed somebody to put it away. That's why he left Yusuf El Arabi on and kept on Tequino. But for me, I would have, I, at that point, I would have taken Yusuf El Arabi off. At that point, he had already. Uh, been offsides enough, ruined enough things. Um, he did a lot for us. I'm not. I'm not saying that he had a bad game, but I would have just taken him off for Tequino, a like for like sub in that respect, and put on Costas Fortunis for Carvalho just to have the fresh legs. But look, in the end, we got the win. It, it was what it was. A lot of people still weren't happy. I saw some positives, more positives at least compared to the shit that we've seen in the last few weeks, and we got the win. But for me, a win's a win, and I did see some improvements here, but there's still a long, long road ahead, a lot of changes that need to be made to really get this team to where we want. And, Costa, the <clears throat> something I wanted to ask you was, how does this win change the landscape, in your opinion, with, uh, with Pedro Martins? Because the talk was, look, he's on thin ice. We even heard talk about how Marinaki was displeased and uh, made his way into the locker room and discussed his displeasure in the locker room. Um, I, we, I don't believe we got that confirmed. We just saw that popping up all over the place. Uh, what does, does anything change for you with this win, either positive or negative, or does it stay the same? With I don't know. Have we seen have we seen that kind of example throughout the season of Olympiacos breaking a duck, breaking a bad run, finally winning, and then going on and having a nice little 
little run or showing or, or or improving on the pitch or anything like that. No, I'm not. Too, no, personally, I feel like that was just a win. Um, I do not expect. I told you before, and I'm going to say this again. I look at every team in the playoffs, and I can see every single one of them getting something from Olympiacos. I don't think Olympiacos have a have quality in this team, but there's no chemistry, there's no identity, there's no mentality. There seems like there's also no there's no mood, there's no motive from from a lot of the players that I feel like they just want out or they just don't get what kind of a club Olympiacos are. I just, no, no, I, I'm, I'm not confident that uh, all of a sudden Olympiacos are going to go to Dubai and play like it was 19, it was 2020. Uh, I expect the same thing, really. Um, I expect Pauk to be very motivated. I expect Pauk to want to win this because they always they always show a lot of passion against Olympiacos. The, 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 the stands are going to be very passionate. The fans are going to be very passionate. Lucescu's going to be a son of a bitch. So, yeah, I'm not expecting much, to be honest. Pretty much the same. What do you think? So, with regards to, I am, I think you're right in many respects. The things that I took from this game that were at least different than what we've seen before, even against Yanni and I in our previous meetings, were today I saw... I saw a lot more of what I wanted to see in terms of build up a lot more one touch. I saw a lot uh, higher match tempo, we'll say. And I'm when the when the data comes out, I am almost a hundred percent sure it will reflect that. These are small things, very small things, but it's the small things when you do them all together that end up leading to a better product. And I saw those today, and that made me feel that made me feel better about the performance because it wasn't like we were just passing laterally backwards, laterally backwards. I saw some good one touch, some some effort, and some intention, intent to get forward. A lot of intentful, progressive passes, and that's what I like to see today. So we haven't seen that a lot. We haven't seen that a lot, especially in the playoffs. So my hope is that that momentum will be taken into Pauk because I don't find it acceptable that even in our stadium, even against somebody like Pauk, who is uh, probably uh, the, the the one that is the chief contender for the title against us in, in just in general, not, not this season because they're, they're so far back, but I don't ever want to see a team. There's no excuse for a team like them dominating us in our castle ever and that's not something i ever want to see again i want us to be able to move the ball around dominate possession dominate the field of play because that's a libya cost that's our that's our that should be our identity in greece and i'm hoping that this is a step towards that i'm hoping that this gets us to that point in terms of the situation for pedro martins as a coach i don't think this win changes any of that i still think he's uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. I never thought no, he was going no, any anywhere, even after going. the puck. Uh, but I do think I I do think that he will there there for the first time in his career here that 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 there is you know somebody's watching basically and he's on thin ice. Uh, and the as the the bad performances stay, the more the thinner that ice gets for the summer, and then it's the summer will be one of those things, kind of like what. Lambro had said, you know, if he screws up things over the summer, there's no more goodwill. It's gone. And I think that if those bad performances continue, then 
that is more and more likely to happen if something bad happens over the summer. Well, he is on borrowed time, really. If he stays at Olympiacos, which he will, almost definitely will, he is on borrowed time with Europe. If he doesn't make it to the Champions League, uh, okay. If he doesn't make it to the Europa League, that's serious. There's going to be discussions. If he doesn't make it to the Conference League, he's out. He's out. He's gone, 100%. If he doesn't make it to the Europa League, I'm giving him a, I'll be nice and I'll give him only 50% of staying. If he managed to get to the conference and he starts showing something on the pitch slowly, like something's building, and people start talking like we're going to win the conference, whatever, which should be the mentality for Olympiacos are in the conference, then maybe. But he's on borrowed time, really. I mean, he could be gone by the summer if it all goes tits up with Europe. And it does stink like it will. It really stinks like there's going to be another Maccabi Tel Aviv, another Kapoel Berseva. But to me, it also sounds like Olympiacos are just kicking the can down the road. So much better. Just get a new manager, start preseason with them, get their own players in, build the team how they like instead of bringing them in during the league, during Europe, if there's any Europe. And, you know, because then it's just going to, it all could go tits up. And there could be like another three managers coming in, just like in 2018. Well, look, I don't think Olympiacos is going to have much of a choice. They're going to have to make changes. Look, we have to say, like, this was winning the title this season is like getting away with murder with how shit we've been. Like, the most money we've ever spent on a roster to play as shit as we have, but still, I I still could see us winning the league by double digits. You know, I I still could see that happening by season's end. Even if it's like seven, let's let's say it's like six, seven, eight points, right? That's still a possible, considering, like, like, Bach really screwed the pooch. Bach really screwed the pooch. Luchescu's early mindset early on screwed the pooch because if if Bauk started the season like they're they're ending it now, how they've come into form towards the end of the season, I feel like they'd be probably eight to eight or nine points ahead of us at this point. We've dropped so no. many games. No, but they can still keep dropping points of themselves. We, so. we still that's true. They still can. They still can, and so can we. But I feel like if they had started the season earlier, if Luchescu had gotten out of his own way earlier this season with regards to some of his decisions, especially on some of the really old veteran players, then then we would be in some serious trouble, and this would be a really different conversation. But Ike screwed the pooch, uh, especially on their defensive picks. Balk. Uh, Balk. Well, I, I'm talking about all of the top teams. Ah, oh, you're taking all of them, yeah. Balk got a very <laughs> slow start. Ike just pretty much screwed the pooch, even though I thought they made a couple of decent moves, but they screwed the pooch defensively. Banathinakos came into a transformation now towards the end of the second half of the season. We're not going to get away with this next season. Nope. No, no Ike, chance. Ike just brought in a new coach that has a decent yep. CV, has to be said. Luchescu looks like he's sticking around. He's going to build the team up. Box already made some very interesting moves. I don't know if you guys know about that player they just brought in, the young uh, the young 18-year-old, Quagliata. Go take a look at him. Ike's, Ike's not sitting back. They're not sitting back. Panathinaikos has turned into a pretty good team coming into the second half of the season. None of our competition is sitting on – they want to win. Just a very good, just a very quick uh, point about young players in Greece. When a young player comes in Greece, like, yes, there might be a little fanfare from the media and the fans, but it's very rare that we see young players as young as 18 getting such great chances. I mean, players like Jolis, uh, 
Tsimikas, Brusai, they're they're an exception to the rule, really. You don't really see that often. You only see Aninis and a Jolis and a Fetfadzidis very rarely. Yeah. Well, my my whole point of this whole thing is we got away. We got lucky in the fact that be, even though we were shit, the rest of the league was just we might have been garbage, but whatever they were was something way more foul and grotesque. And that's why we got away with it. Not because we were a good team. But Olympiacos were also consistent until the final game with Aris. They were consistent. That's, we were. We were. Look, we were. We were. We that's were why, that's away why most of our opportunities. That's why I disagreed with you about Pauk being above Olympiacos. There's no way. It wouldn't have been 13 points. It would have been, I don't know, maybe five points if Pauk played well. But Olympiacos were very consistent. They looked like shit. And what we're seeing right now in Greece, we saw it in Europe. Mm-hmm. But in Greece, they were effective. They had that. Greece national team from Euro 2004 thing where it's like, yeah, we don't play great football, but hey, we bring yeah. the results. But now they've lost the effectiveness as well. And I feel that, that that comes down to players just being tired, not just physically, but mentally. They just want the season to be over with. They just, want, off. They just want out. They just, they're, they're done. I believe it. I, I, I believe that 100%. Look, I'm just making the point that if that the way the other teams are looking next season if we have another season like this, there's no title. I don't care how much quality we have because we do. I mean, Lakis Gavalas actually makes the point right here. The difference in individual quality is huge. Only if we underperform severely, they will have a chance. Like, he's not wrong. And that's the only reason we've gotten to this point. It's because we have players that have, you know, we have the best, we have the biggest budget in the league. Yeah. And that's, I have a feeling that's only going to get bigger especially with that new deal if if we end up going with Cosmodef for the TV rights. It'll be the largest, most amount of money for TV rights we've ever got. So, but you can't just rely on that. And we, in the, look, in the end, there are things I'm willing to recognize, right, with respect to Martins. Uh, because Ahira Mazda also brings up a, a good point here. Also, something needs to be done about the fact that every three to four years, this team needs a major refactor or overhaul, we can say. That's not viable for a team that is not backed up from Saudi Arabia. And so here's where I'm going to recognize something. Because we all, as fans, even though we all agree that this season is garbage, we all have to recognize that COVID fucked up a lot of stuff for us. Yep. And... We had a good thing going. We don't know what would have happened if there was no COVID, how Martins would have reacted. What we do know is because of COVID, Martins acted in a very conservative manner. That first weird transfer season after COVID lockdowns, he trusted older veteran players for the third season. That was a choice that he made. Now, because of the hodgepodge of stuff that happened in the third season with us bringing in Rafinha, then not wanting Rafinha, bringing in a couple of full, we brought in Lala, Oleg. We, we did maybe some more surgery than we like to do in the winter. Brought in Socrates, Bruma. We then brought, had to come back around in the summer and make other changes. Now, this past summer is where things got really bad because we lost some very good players. And, well, I should say we lost some very good players the previous summer. You know, losing Simikas to Liverpool, then selling Podense previously. El Abdelawi so gone. El Abdelawi. So, like, we had lost a lot of players. And 
didn't properly replace them. Yep. But we still had some quality. We still had players playing for something in the third season. What really screwed us was in the fourth season, we made the wrong bets. We made a lot of really bad bets. Uh, oh, Etsy talks about it right here. This season scouting wasn't very good. You can't find a Pudence or Timikas every season. You'll bump into an Onyakuru every now and then. And this is what happened. I, I, I maybe, maybe not, I won't say Kunde. But for sure, Onyekuru, that was really bad. You know, yep. um, Kunde, guys, Kunde, Kunde, on you know, he did start in the fall, if you guys remember, to look pretty good, uh, especially in his substitute appearances. Um, he did get COVID, and we did hear from some sources that are close to the uh, Cameroonian national team that, I mean, COVID affected him really badly. He lost a ton of weight. Uh, I don't know exactly what his symptoms were, what long COVID wise, but it, it really affected him in, in a long, in a long-term kind of way. And one of the major issues he had, and everybody here saw it, that was the first comments everybody made after a Copa Africa and our first look at Kunde when he was back on the team, he decided to like weight train more, uh, in addition to everything else he was doing. So you guys saw his legs were like tree trunks. That first game back for us, they were huge. He looked huge, and we we were we've been told this isn't verified. Uh, we haven't verified this information. It's just something we've been told by some people that are close to this to the national team that he was he was too big. He was overweight. You know, there's you can get bulky and strong, but to a point, it slows you down. And we and he had gotten big to a point where it was slowing him down, and he was required to lose weight before he could see the field more. Whether Kunde's on the chopping block or not, I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe huh? he isn't. But but he did get affected by COVID in a really bad way. And that's something I think that we seem to forget a lot of times, that this is a real thing. Remember how long Hassan was affected by it? Jan and Vila lost a ton of weight. So there is something, bringing it back to the whole reason I brought this up is I just want to recognize and I want us as fans to recognize that things took a different turn because of this. And it got worse because of those decisions that were made after the, the, the transfer summer after lockdown. And then again, this past summer, every, now everybody, every team's had to deal with this and that's not necessarily an excuse, but I think that we all probably should recognize that, had that not happened, this team could have gone on a completely different trajectory. And I think, I mean, well, I don't think. Martins is staying, whether we like it or not. And this summer, those choices surely will make or break his career here. Whether no, he is, finishes a year. It is make or break. It is do or die this coming season. And I told you, it could be. I'm telling you, if, if, if the qualifiers are a complete shit show, he's gone. 100%. If they don't, if Olympiacos don't make the Champions League, then eh, all right. But if they miss out on the Europa League, that's where it starts. Maybe he won't be. Maybe he won't be sacked if he makes the conference. But eyes are going to be on him, saying, "Okay, we need to, you need to show us something. You're you're in the conference. We can go far there, but you got to show me something." If he misses out on the conference, goodbye, bye bye, end of story. No questions asked. He's done. 
Oh, yeah. And it could happen. It could happen. That team could, could fuck up at the conference. It could happen. Yeah. No, you're I, – I don't think you're wrong, man. I think it could. Um, there's another point here from Kevin Miladas. Guys, I have noticed that they pick players that were really good before two to three years, and now they are bad and think that, that, that they will be messies from when they come. That's what they pay. Um, look, I'm, I'm going – We've talked about this before. Costa, you and I have talked about this. Yeah. Um, Olympiacos, as based on where the league is, based on what our budget is and how players look at our league, right? We are a team for one of two players, one of two types of players. This is outside of Greek talent, Greek talent that we foster and we develop in our academies, right? There's two types of players that are going to come to look at us. There are... Uh, veterans who've maybe had a drop in their career that are looking for a second chance to respark their career. Guys like Takinia, guys like Joel Campbell, if you, if, for those of you that remember him. Rafinha. Well, Rafinha also Envila. probably toward Envila. retirement. Jan Envila is a perfect example. Valbuena. Another perfect example because they didn't really like him towards the end of his time at Fenerbahce either. This, no, no, I'm just talking about players of, of an advanced age who just, you know, they want to keep, they also want to keep it going. Like Cambiasso as well is, was, a, was a really good example. Exactly, exactly. And then, so you have those types of players that tend to be more veteran players. And then you have players, younger players, uh, that are looking for that stepping stone. They're not good enough really to be looked at by top teams. Take Look at Fadiga, for example. PSG is not going to think twice about him, which is why he came. And they're looking for that stepping stone, that team that can give them the exposure, on, especially on the Champions League level, so that they can get that move to the next team. Yep. Guys like Podense, right? Which yep. was a steal for us. You know? That, those, are the two, those are the two types of players that, you're us- that we are most likely to attract outside of Greeks, by the way. You know, I'm saying, um, and and that's what we have to work with. So that's why you see that because we are hoping that maybe we can we can revitalize one of those vets' careers. We bring them in, you know, maybe we pay a little bit more money, but they be, they give us something really good, and they really contribute to a season. We're probably not going to sell them for much, if anything. I don't know if we've ever actually resold a veteran like that for top dollar, but they usually we hope that they will give them something, and then. Um, on the on the other side, there's the young guys. Now those are the ones. Hey, ten or twelve might not pan out, but you get one or two that do. No, I think you hit the nail right in the head there. That's the that's two types of players Olympiacos bring. Yep, and then uh, gonna bring Costa made it before the end. Costa, how you doing, buddy? Costa with the oh, C. Oh, there he is. I'm late. I'm sorry. I was at the cinema, but yeah, I thought I'd check in. How's it going, guys? Doing very it's well, so, Costa. It's all going great, and I would. I think we need to uh, to thank Eleftherios Mahinis here. We do. We got a nice, uh, nice comment here from Eleftherios Mahinis. Eleftherios, thank you so much, man. Uh, everything that you guys do, everything you guys donate, does help us to help build the product up and give you something better. And he says, even if we bring a new coach, we will not win the league next year. But we are Libyakos, and we can build a new team. Yeah, well, I don't know about not winning the league, but I know I get what you're saying. <laughs> Uh, Eleferi, thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for the comment. Thank you so much for the donation, pal. Gosta, uh, Gosta with a C, that is. Uh, give us real quick because uh, we're coming up on that time for man of the match. Coach is great. Give us give us a bit of your synopsis on what you saw from the game today. 
it was an entertaining game, I thought. You know, looking at all the six teams that are that are in the playoffs, those opponents that we end up playing, they don't park the bus. So they're going to come at us. Uh, they're going to play open. And I thought what we what we saw in the end was was quite an open game. I mean, the scoreline says it all, really. Three two, five goals, uh, high drama, late winner, ninety eighth minute. So you know, from from a neutral perspective, I think it was a decent game to watch. Yeah. I think uh, I think Carvalho Carvalho was good to watch. He 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 created. He tried to create uh, up top. Uh, I thought. Again, in the middle, you know, we've talked about this time and time again. Just a bit too slow, man. And Bukhalag is getting dispossessed far too easily. Um, some really dangerous transitions as a result. Um, I thought Gary Rodriguez had a decent game. Nice goal. Um, yeah, man, what can I say? I mean, I think the title of the episode kind of says it all. And um, we talked about this before you guys went live. Ronnie Lopez, out of nowhere. Where's he been? I'm sure you guys have talked about it already. But yeah, there, there was just so many questions. Like, why was he just dumped after Christmas? But and surely there's... What, so, sorry, Costa. Like just, I mean, we, we talk sure. about players like Lopez, Kunde, as being players that, you know, the last few days reading the press they're the first ones to go apparently at the end of the summer, then why is he playing them? Why is he playing them? And today, Ronnie Lopez saved his ass. He saved our ass. I think Balk drew today, did they, in the end? They do, yes. and if Olympiacos don't lose in Atuba, then they clinch the title. So the thing is, right, if we'd have drawn, Balk would have gone into their game with a very different mentality. It's like, okay, they drew. Now we need, we need to win. We have them here. In Thessaloniki on Wednesday, I think it's a different proposition. But Lopez's goals changed everything. Like mm -hmm. that's a goal that we're going to remember for a very long time. Like that goal's clinched the title. It was a cracker. It's a fantastic finish. And just Lovely. before that, just before that as well, Ladigins made an incredible save. Uh, that ball's going into the top corner again from Lopez, cutting in from the right hand side. So where's that been? And all of the like, some people will say. Oh, he played five, ten minutes in uh, in Atalanta, but that was after not playing for a month and a half, you know. And you know, he wasn't in any matchday squads in the Greek league. But then, uh, but then Martins put him in the Europa League squad. Yep. So what? He, there's no sense. There's no sense. And I think you guys talked about the Cisse stuff as well. Yes, so briefly. Marti yeah. Martins giving Cisse an earful in training, but. I'm sorry, but like, he's giving Cisse an earful. Oh, but what? Oh, yeah. There are, some, there are some other players in that team that deserve, you know, a bit of a talking to. But Cisse, like one of our best players. Are you kidding? Yeah. Like, he's, again, it just goes back to all this talk about him losing the plot. Yeah. Dressing room gone. Like. Yeah. You're right. You're right, man. And yeah, we we touched on the Roni Lopez stuff. The same thing. I had some of the same questions about that. Um, but yeah, look, but surely that doesn't warrant a contract for Ronnie Lopez. I mean, if anything, I was having a look at Yusuf El Arabi's number, and in, in his last six league, six league matches, he has registered three assists, three goals. Yep, so that guy creates one goal per match. 
I'm not. I don't think he deserves more more money. And if he does, then it's going to be a very small raise. But at least you know El Arabi does actually make a case, especially. And he is Olympiacos' top scorer in the league again. So I mean, if El Arabi doesn't deserve a contract, doesn't deserve a contract the way he wants it, surely Lopez does not. Definitely does not. It's forget the forget even the contract. We're not paying the buyout fee, and I can't see Sevilla yeah. lowering it to a, a fee that we yeah. would afford. No, so it's not. never it's never happening. Now, guys, would, before would, oh, would, go ahead. Would you, would you stay if you're Ronnie Lopez? If like no, they 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 find some kind of way, you know, say oh please stay. It's like same manager. It's like no, no, I wouldn't. Are you kidding me? I if I were Ronnie Lopez, I, especially the way I was just treated. And you know what I mean? No, no way. Especially I'm just getting into stride. You know what I mean? I'd be thankful for what was done by Hernani Gomez to help me cut weight and get back into football shape. I'd be thankful for that. But then I'm getting into stride and basically told, oh, I don't know if we're going to do your your buyout and and I'm icing you out of the team. Hell no. But, but you remember like there were press articles from – from Kotsis, like, oh, there's a there's an agreement for a five-year contract or something, and they're going to find a way to keep him. Do you remember that? That was the discussion around Christmas, like after, yeah. you know, the, the offy performance away from home where he got the winner, and he was looking like our like our best our best option on the yeah. wing. Then he got COVID over Christmas, and then he played that game against Panathinaikos yep. um, in Leoforos, and then he disappeared. Exactly. He disappeared. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, like I said, real quick before we move on to the man of the match coaches, great. I did want to touch briefly on this because we did get some people that added us on socials about it, uh, and that was some of the referee decisions today. Most, most namely, was the decision for the referee to allow. We had six minutes of added time, but as you guys know, Roni Lopez scored right in the 98th minute, two minutes beyond the stoppage that was given. Now. Uh, Costa, I know you and I talked about this. Costa, I would see that is you and I talked about this in in our chat together. Um, I, for me, it's I don't I I don't have I don't really think it was a it, egregious decision one way or another because I've seen refs do the same thing. When Perea fouled Madi um, on one of the previous possessions a couple minutes prior, uh, he was rolling around on the ground for like three minutes, and I've seen in games. Plenty of referees. I know technically they don't have to add any time, but I'm pretty sure it's subjective. The ref has is the one that controls whether to give that time or not. I've seen refs give it when players are wasting time and added time. I've seen refs not give it. So for me, it's just one of those things this ref decided to give it. But Perea was wasting time. It was three minutes he was on the ground. I timed it myself. That's... Uh, that's it for me. That's there's nothing corrupt about it. It is what it is. But I shouldn't have been rolling around on the ground when he was barely. He was the one that made that made the foul. That's on him. Stoppage time for stoppage time. Exactly. That that's how I looked at it. Uh, I don't know if you have a separate opinion about it. No, not really. Anybody that wants to cry about it can go and cry about it. Yeah, it's football. That is what it is. It's interestingly. It's the rule. The same people that are crying about it are the ones that seem to be okay with their team getting 30% more penalties than any other team in the league. So whatever, uh, we'll take that with a grain of salt. And if we want to talk about referee decisions, how about the handball that wasn't given? How about the how about the El Arabi, the Bukalaki's gorgeous through ball that was played through to him, only for him to be just knocked over, not be able to even contest for the through ball? Anything, anything about that? 
No, there, there. I'm not going to sit here and complain about referee decisions like that because there were plenty that should have gone our way too. So I'm not. I'm sorry. I don't like to talk about referee errors, if I'm being honest, especially like when it comes to the Greek League and especially when it comes to Olympiacos. Olympiacos are the kind of team that shouldn't give a crap about the referees. You should go no. out there and even beat the referees at times, especially exactly. in Greece, especially in Greece. Exactly. So we'll put a pin in that and we're just going to make it. We're going to move it to man of the match and coaches grade. So go start with the C. Do you want to get us started here? Yeah. If easy. not, I do. Yeah, there you go. Easy, easy. Ronnie Lopez is a man of the match. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Easy. Shout out to Carvalho. I thought he had a like. It's just it's a breath of fresh air. He doesn't. He's not very. How to say? He I'll looks a bit in. late. Yeah. yeah. He looks a bit lazy at times. You know. Yeah. You think is he in the game? Does he care? But it's just like those. There were moments in the game, he did it a few times, where he just kind of let the ball run through his legs. And he'd know where the other player was. It's just like, he's got that high IQ, like that ability to see things happen before right. anybody else. With that, um, that outside of the foot pass that he played down the left-hand side, that he sliced. And it just, you know, it went forward and then it kind of stopped on a plate for the wing. One time. First yeah. time too. Like I don't think people realize how hard that is to do. That's why it looks so beautiful. Technique, oh. technique. Just like I was reading some comments on Twitter, and like um, one guy that I follow was saying, "Oh, Carvalho is such a good player. He'd be a perfect kind of backup number 10. And I was thinking about that a little bit. I was just like, "Yeah, I kind of see what he means, but I also think he can be so much better if he wants to." Yeah, but that's it's like, does he want to? Does he want to put in that extra work? That's my doubt about Carvalho. But I wanted to give him a shout out because we just look a bit more threatening. It's like we we had possession, like we we created chances. So, but but yeah, Lopez at the end of the day, man, I thought it was a, it really was a terrific goal mm. as well. First time on the volley, top corner, like the importance of it as well. So that one's easy. Coaches grades. Oh. Why is Oleg playing? Where's the new Timikas? Let's not talk about that. Uh, Usainu Bar hasn't played for two months. Oh, you know, let's drop Cissé so we can make an example of him. <sighs> but some of the personnel selection just bores me, man. Like we've talked about it so many times. You look at Surlis and Pinakas. Uh, Surlis scored two goals today for the B team. Pinakas got another one. It's like, okay, I don't expect him to make these kinds of decisions that. I the aisle we want to see. Um, uh, I'm sorry, man. I'm kind of done with Martins. I really think he has just lost the dressing room. But for for what it's worth today, I don't know, man. Like B minus C. I want to give him. So like he did that thing again at the end where he just threw on like three attacking options. Like okay, whatever happens. But none of them were involved in the end. Who who got the flick on? Who got the flick on for um, for Lopez's goal? Was it Socrates? Um, who was that? No, 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 no. It was. Um, oh my god! Because um, I think it was. I think it was. Oh no, you're. I was, think actually you are right. Yeah, I think right. it was. I think it yeah. was. But it for was a, a, Val, a Valbuena free kick. Was it? Uh, it was a ball from Valbuena, and Socrates flicked it on. It went yeah. over all the defense, and he like kind of volleyed. 
Yeah, I need I, to see it again. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember the delivery came Valbuena, but I thought it was like during play. I don't remember it being from a like a set yeah. piece situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I I do remember there was like a deflection, and that's why it looked like it looked like it was El Arabi like going in to try and get the ball, and then I think the defender like between it's one of those two something happened and it went out to Roni Lopez and that's when he took the rocket but yes yeah yeah so see I get to see uh Costa you want to go next yeah Roni Lopez man of the match like difference maker scored that important goal that's what Olympiacos needed in the match as for uh, managers, great. I'm going with a B minus only because Olympiacos didn't lose, or else it would have been a solid C plus at least, C minus. Uh, no, C or C plus. Uh, probably a C plus, but a low C plus. Uh, but I got to say this, guys. Uh, I said it before. I'm going to say this again. This team does not convince me like it can get a result out of anyone from these playoffs. I see all the teams, and I can see all of them having a chance against Olympiacos. And make no mistake about it, yes, Olympiacos only need one more point to seal the title, really, in the next game. But Pauk are going to play their butts off. Pauk want to ruin that party. Pauk want to destroy that party. They're going to play. That's a final for them. There's nothing for them to win except for ruining Olympiacos' party, and they love it. This is going to be hard. They're going to go hard at Olympiacos. So, and I'm not seeing any passion from the current players, especially except for Papastathopoulos in um, the Greek Cup, the last game. So unless the team is motivated, show some passion, show some motivation, you know, Pauker going to go hard at Olympiacos next game, really hard. Yeah. No, you're right. And, Costa, I'm pretty much going to echo yours, too. Uh, Roni Lopez getting the getting the, the goal like that in dramatic fashion, the game winner to break the deadlock. I think it has to be. It has to be him for man of the match. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Gary Rodriguez because Gary, that right-hand side of our field, I brought it up earlier, was doing so much. Uh, for me, they looked better than our left side of the field for pretty much the entire match between Vusai and and Gary getting forward pretty well, playing some great crosses in. I mean, between Gary and Vusai, just themselves in the first half, they both had great crosses to Youssef El Arabi for, for goal-scoring opportunities. The one from Vrusai early on, actually El Arabi got a piece of it and it was blocked by the Yanina defender. And then Gary Rodriguez had one that I don't, that El Arabi kind of like put his foot out but couldn't get to. Uh, they both did well. They both created a lot of opportunities. If I'm not mistaken, I thought I, I didn't see any credit for Yusef El Arabi's goal, but I thought Gary Rodriguez gave the delivery that led to that goal. I could be wrong. Uh, I have to look back into that on the replay, but I could have sworn that Gary Rodriguez was involved in that. Uh, Gary Rodriguez could have had another, he could have had a second goal if El Arabi was on side for the initial ball through. Uh, that was unfortunate. We could have had three goals at that point, but. Anyway, uh, so man of the match still goes to Ronnie Lopez. Shout out to Carvalho as well. I mean, he did some just absurd things today. He did disappear at times, and I wish if like he was a ninety-minute guy, he would he would be world class. And I, I believe that would be the case. And Martins, yeah, he gets the win, so I can't give him lower than a B minus. Um, but yeah, it just. I, I didn't like a lot of the changes. I, I was okay with Bukalakis, the Bukalakis change, because his yellow was dumb, pushing the guy in front of the ref. I thought that was just stupid, but whatever. Um, I didn't like the change 
I thought Fortuny should have been coming off. That that's just my or coming on. That's just my opinion. So the triple change, of course, at the 83rd minute. I hate that. And whatever. But that's B minus for Martins. Um, guys, drop your drop your coaches' grades and your man of the match in there. I see one from Lakis Gavalas already. Socrates, as much as it pains me to admit it, for man of the match and C minus for Martin. Socrates actually had quite a few like uh, times where he cut the ball out. So, you know, he's been uh, for some a, a, def- a defender that a lot of people are calling finished. He seems to be uh, still live and kicking and quite strong part of our defense. Still not as good as Davila's though. Ooh, don't get me started, man. Don't, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Uh, yeah, look, guys, it's hour, hour and 12 minutes. We've been going for a long time. Uh, if you haven't done so already, guys, hit that button at the bottom of your screen. Subscribe. There's a little bell there if you want to be notified anytime that we go live. We do bring fans on uh, pretty frequently. It's at least a couple times a month we do shows where uh, we have fans come on and talk. A lot of you have done it. Some of you are a little shy, and I haven't seen you uh, on here yet. So hopefully some of you guys work up the courage to talk with us. We'd love to hear from you live on the show, not just in the comments section. But seriously. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Thank you again to Eleftherios Machinis. Thank you so much for the donation. The more we get, the more we will put back into the show to try and make this a better spectacle, doing more things for you. Like we said, we have the big interview coming up, Luciano. That's going to be Costa 22.30 Greek time. Uh, that's going to be Costa, C Costa, running that with Labro. So it's going to be a really good time. It'll be in Greek again. We are going to get... It, get that translated after the fact with subtitles. So you will have that. So, but for the rest of you, Greek speaking, or at least understanding Greek, we hope you enjoy that. We love these legend interviews, some great insight too, that we're expecting from Luciano guy that's played for a couple of different teams in Greece, does some magical things. Gosta, do you have any other, anything else you want to say about that? I'm really looking forward to that one. Luciano, um, he is one of those players that, during his time, he was kind of unlucky that he was surrounded by some really top, top players that people didn't, I think people undervalued him or underappreciated yeah. him. I think he was a, very, like a fantastic player. Um, I think in the end he left because Rivaldo came. No, that was, was Caribe. I'll ask him that tomorrow. <laughs> Rivaldo came in 2004, Luciano left in 2001. Okay, I need to check that out. But um, he's also, I mean, Ari, you kind of mentioned it. He's played for a lot of clubs in Greece. He's played yeah. 20, like almost almost 20-year career, I want to say, because I think he moved to Greece when he was 17 or 18. Yeah. Uh, with Xanthi on loan to Castoria. Uh, he played for Bauk. He played for Bauk, he, yeah. After us, you, right? He went to Bauk after Yeah, that. yeah. And then I think he, he went back to Xanthi after. But, okay, here's the one of the interesting things. And he was Luchescu's assistant at Xanthi before Luchescu went to Pauk. So that's something I really i am looking forward to getting his insights on Luchescu. Um, there you go, guys. Yeah. Sneak, sneak peek yeah. at some of the juicy sneak content peek. tomorrow. I love Send it. Send your questions. Like... Yeah, any anyone following now, hit us up on Instagram. 
in the DM, send us your questions, stuff you'd like to ask him. I'll make sure, make sure we do that. But yeah, very much looking forward to that. And don't know if you mentioned this already. So we've got Monday tomorrow, Luciano and Tuesday, basketball, big game on Wednesday. So we're going to have some experts come talk to us as well on, on Tuesday and kind of preview that game. Those of you that are basketball fans, you know uh, Manolo, 77 on Twitter and um, Red Emerald, those guys from the Red Point Guard show. I'm going to have them on on Tuesday for, for a chat about game five, the last game. Ticket to the final four is up for grabs at Seth, Peace and Friendship Stadium. So, Gates Evan International, keeping busy. Always, always, always staying busy, always staying busy. Uh, Andrea, uh, keep Tuesday. Tuesday, buddy. Tuesday, they're going to yep. be talking with Red Point Guard about uh, EuroLeague. So check in on that, man. Hit that notification button, button so that way you can see when the live's happening and you can check it out. I, didn't they say that for the game for Monaco, they sold out tickets in less than an hour The for game five? I know that they – I wouldn't be surprised. I, wouldn't yeah, be surprised. I thought Kevin, I saw somebody Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant in the building. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> to see his i hope i hope it's he's there to see his buddy to lose. see his that's buddy lose yeah that's what exactly. i'm hoping for that's what i'm putting for sam now costa we uh costa and i were also saying i think we gotta bring back the the uh the old annoying uh guest questions this one was too easy <laughs> everyone got it the first time we got to start with like yeah. greek or you know is he greek or not greek one of those get everybody upset yeah. with us again that photo yeah. is legendary of luciano <laughs> That photo is very, uh, very legendary. It is. It is. Uh, Costa, okay. Do you got anything left before we close everything up here? No, no, guys. No, no. I'm looking forward to Luciano, and I'm looking forward to see if there's going to be a reaction against Pauk, but there won't. <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> I, I, go for so, it. Do you think he's going to go 4 3 3 again, or maybe 3 at the back on I Wednesday? Because he's not, go he's not going to play a 10, is he? He's just going to revert back to this horrible conservative formation where we where we play 28 percent possession during the game so i'm i'm mentally preparing myself for that on uh, uh, he'll want he'll want to seal the title he'll want to he, he'll be thinking i want the title so people can stop being on my ass so yeah. this is are we away or are we home away away we're away two games oh two games back back to back in saloniki then my friend it's gonna be it's gonna be four three three it might be three four three it's gonna be we're gonna turtle up that's how it's going to be. That's, oh yeah. That's how I, that's how I see it. Uh, look, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening, especially if you made it this far. A lot of stuff coming up this week. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, three days of Gate 7 International. It's like the 12 days of Christmas. Maybe we'll do that one day. Get 12 days straight of Gate 7 International. That'll be fun. But you got three days of us this week. This is day one ending. Day two and day three coming up, interview and basketball. Hope hope you guys can join us, join that conversation. Everybody, hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. For those of you in Greece that are getting ready to pass out, uh, for Australians tuning in, I know it's Monday morning. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. And until next time, this is Gate 7 International. Oh,